0: What's up, everybody? Welcome into Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. John Harris and Mark Vandermeer taking you through the next hour. We got Oboe Kronkwa going to join us. We have also got Blake Cashman doing a little Drew's Dozen. So, Mark Vandermeer, we got a lot to do. Let's go. Let's
1: go. I'm ready, Johnny. We are back to practice tomorrow. It's game week. Everybody's pumped up.
0: All right. One of the fun things about getting old. Mm -hmm. Well, wait a second. Let me rephrase that. There really are no fun things about getting old. Oh, there are a couple, but go on. Yeah. One of the things, though, is when it comes to like Hall of Fame voting and Hall Mm -hmm. of Fame balloting, you can say, hey, I watched that guy his entire career. Right, I've seen that guy play. Obviously, Andre Johnson. Mm -hmm. He is one of those guys that we've seen play. We know him very well. Etc. J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt eventually will be that guy in the, in the mix. So the Hall of Fame just had their induction. Tony Baselli. congratulations. Yeah. Can't really say he's the first Texan to go in, but he's the first Jaguar to go in. You've got uh, Leroy Butler went in, Dick Vermeer went in, amongst others. Richard Seymour from the Patriots, uh, who I know Nick Casario would speak highly of, I would imagine. Coming up in 2023, this is, and you and I have talked about this a little bit, But in 2023, back in 2022, I thought it would have been moving great if Andre got in. One of the things I worried about Andre not getting in was what was coming after in 2023 Mm. in particular. Combine that with the fact that we've seen all these guys play. You have called games against these particular first-year eligible players. These guys are are first-year eligible. So I want to go Hall of Fame gut reaction Mm-hmm. Because we've seen these guys play, this isn't well. You know, my dad without looking grew up at the watching. numbers, right? No, okay. this is just your gut reaction. Because I have one, two, three. Two are locks to me. Okay, one is uh, as a first year ballot going in. Another one is very, very close. I think all three of those will definitely get in. Some of the others, I don't know. Not totally sure. So here we go. We're going to start here. He owned his own island. Darrell Revis is a first-time eligible Hall of Famer. What say you? I think based on reputation, I'm going to have to say yes,
1: he's a Hall of Famer. Is he first-year Hall of Famer? I got to look at the numbers, Johnny. I feel like he is. Yeah. That the Jets thought so highly of him. They did. And we all saw that during hard knocks. And look, they went to -to back-to-back AFC championship Mm -hmm. games. They beat New England in New England in the playoffs when that was extremely difficult to do. I give him a lot of credit for that. He was Revis Island. He was really good. By the time well, one of the times he played here in 2015, I mean Hopkins put quotes around Revis Island because he yeah. torched him yeah. in that game. And that was toward the end for Revis. Uh, I'm gonna say you know what? Uh, probably. Yeah. He, I'm gonna he, say yes.
0: He's my he's my first year eligible lock. I think okay. he's in. Yeah. I think you you said it. His reputation, whether You know, Revis either, whatever you thought of that. I just know when I watched Darrell Revis, not a lot of guys caught passes against him. Mm -hmm. Just didn't. And to a point where Bill Belichick went out and got him for one year in 2014, and they ended up winning a Super Bowl, and then he goes back to the Jets after that. So Darrell Revis, to me, is he's one of my locks. He's in first-year Hall of Famer. There's no doubt. I think Revis is definitely that guy. Okay. Now we're going to make you throw up. Okay. Kind of. Probably. Edge, Dwight, Freeney. Johnny, I have to say, you know
1: what's interesting about Freeney and Matt this? It's kind of like Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne. Right. Right? They right, work right. together so well, yes. so effective together. Does one hurt the other's chances? Harrison's already in. We're going to talk about Reggie Wayne, I'm sure, in this segment. Well, his name might come up because he was Maybe. eligible last year along mm-hmm. with Andre Johnson. And that means, look, he's still going to be in the mix this year because he did not get in. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say Freeney's a Hall of Famer. Do you think
0: he gets in on the first ballot? I'm gonna say maybe not. I'm with you on that. But I think he you probably have it. gets in eventually. I think you were right on both accounts. I I don't think he's a first ballot guy. Mm-hmm. He's not the other one. We'll get to him in a little bit. But I do think he goes in the hall of fame. I think when I think about the NFL, the the throwing game really starting the passing game really kind of kicking into effect in 1978 with the Mel Blunt rule came in where you couldn't just absolutely maul receivers all over the field which apparently they have allowed in college football all this time but either way when they put that in 78 offenses blew up well then you had to find ways how do you slow them down well it felt like the passing game went to a different level in about in the 2000s that's when teams were like yeah we know that three things happen when you throw it and two of them are bad but you know what that The first one's good, and the second one we can live with. And the third one, we'll just make sure that we're safely avoiding those. So, yeah, we're going to throw it more. It felt like Freeney was one of those guys in that time frame that became, okay, this could be a thorn in our side in all of this because he's that good of a pass rusher. And he's a little shorter, a little squattier, but, man, he was tremendous. First round pick out of Syracuse. I think he goes in. I'm with you. How about this, though? Freeney and Mathis are right next to each other on the
1: all-time sack leader list. I would have never thought that. I would have Freene, thought Freeney well ahead. Well ahead. Freeney's got 125. He's two and a half ahead of Mathis wow. all time. I know. You wouldn't think it. It feels like Mathis is the Reggie Wayne. He's yes. not quite as productive and everything. Mathis was monumentally important because you had to worry so much about both of these right. guys
0: coming off the edge. Wow, um, I would have never thought they were yep. that close. And I mean, I know. I, I've always said that uh, Mathis was exceptional too, I would have, if you would have picked, okay, which guy do you feel like you have to double to slow down or chip, definitely, I would have said Freeney. Let Mathis get his, and so maybe that's more to the greatness of Freeney in some sense that teams focused on him, and Mathis was getting a lot of one-on-one battles. And who was one player that Dwayne Brown always said gave him fits more than any other? It was
1: Dwight Freeney. That was kind of kryptonite in a way for Dwayne Brown.
0: It was interesting in the 2015 All or Nothing that was on Amazon with the Cardinals, Freeney signed with them. He was really fun to listen to. He ran some of the meetings just because of his experience and facing guys and how, you know, dealing with the pass rushers. And uh, it was really interesting to watch Freeney in that in that sort of setting. But at the very end, you know, he had a couple years. I'm trying to remember who all he was with. I know he was with the Cardinals and there was somebody else after that too, if I remember correctly. But he's in the Hall of Fame. He's a Hall of Famer. I think he's one of the best pass rushers has ever been. And we get to another pass rusher here. And all I can think about is 2008. Starting the season, first game of the year. What do you remember? James Harrison. Yes. James Harrison. Is he a first year eligible Hall of Famer? Is he a Hall of Famer? He's undrafted, right? And undrafted and cut three times by the Steelers. How about that? And yeah, I think but- he was cut by the Browns, too.
1: Yeah, remember he retired and he came back, what, with the Bengals? Or did he go to the Bengals, then retire? Went to the then Patriots.
0: Come- he went from Steelers to Bengals, and then he retired and then went to the Patriots. Wow. Yeah, he was the Patriots in, I can't remember what year that was. Is he a Hall of Famer? 16, I think it was. Uh, I'd say yes, Johnny. It's- he, he has the period of dominance from like 08, 07, 08. Maybe even before that. Maybe I like, think his oh, teammates would vote him in. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's that kind of guy. He
1: he means more than just the numbers too. Yes, he has a rub off effect on other players. Is around he a first him. year? Oh, do you think he no. doesn't first year? No. no, I
0: don't think so either. I I do think he's a Hall of Famer. I think he was a tone setter for Pittsburgh. I think he's got the period of dominance, which I want to see. And I think he he elongated his career too. I mean, he played. For a long he played for a lot longer than
1: right, I have the numbers here. Two thousand two to two thousand seventeen. Yeah. Uh on the sack list, he's not that high, sixty-third, eighty-five. Because the and first a half. three or
0: four years he was just special teams.
1: Yeah. And I think it's more than the numbers with him. Yep. It's Hall of Fame performance. It's I'm on the same defense as James Harrison, so I'm gonna ball out yeah. because he's just that leader yes. type and has, like I said, that effect on others. There is a contagious sort of thing that happens when you're on a defense with him. He's playing so hard.
0: And you got that highlight. You got that highlight. Whether that matters or not, he's got that highlight in the Super Bowl, that return for a touchdown. I think he goes in year two. I actually could see Harrison and Freeney going in together in year two, but I think they're definitely going in. All right. This one's interesting because offensive linemen are always kind of tricky, especially this one, because he played for such... Awful, just god-awful, rotten football teams. Cleveland Browns, Iron Man, Joe Thomas. All right, Joe Thomas
1: is definitely going in. He's probably a first-ballot Hall of Famer. He's one of these offensive linemen who has so much respect, and it's the football people you have to listen to. It's offensive Mm -hmm. line. It reminds me, look, when I went to college, John Hanna was this legend in New England, and he played on a lot of bad teams, and he played on some good teams, too. But he played on a lot of bad teams, but everyone said John Hannah, John Hannah, John Hannah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a Hall of Famer, right? It's it's automatic. I mean, he's so good. Okay, I'll take your word for it. All right, right? I just saw the team get bludgeoned and go two and (laughs) fourteen, but I'll take your word for it that Hannah's awesome. It's the same thing with Joe Thomas. Everyone who knows knows, and I think that's enough to get him in, Johnny.
0: I think you're right. Joe Thomas to me was the other lock. He was the second lock to me. Revis and Joe Thomas, I think, are lock first year they're going in it i don't think it's going to be uh who was it was it uh uh it's either mike chapel or or um, bob kravitz who is on the hall of fame committee and he stood up when it was peyton manning's year and he said i'm here to announce indianapolis colts and denver broncos quarterback peyton manning apparently sat back down (laughs) and that was it that's his presentation i don't think it's going to take that i do think there's going to be some discussion actually around revis and thomas but i I think those two are going to go in. Um, so those are your two. You those two are the two. Lead pipe cinch. Here's the third one that I am I'm teetering on, and it's a hard one because I think with tackles, we can see tackles. We can see them go against pass rushers. Mm-hmm. I remember Tony Baselli. even though Bruce Smith doesn't like this, Tony Baselli became Tony Baselli when he was shutting down Bruce Smith in the playoffs, and they kept cutting to it. They kept showing highlight. They weren't showing the running back. They weren't showing Natron Means with the runs. They were showing Baselli going to work on Bruce Smith on the, on the, during the playoff game. And so that really resonated. And I think people can, can see that with tackles. Guards, I think it's hard. The guards, I really think you have to go on reputation and how those teams performed. I think it's a lot harder for people to see guards. So I bring up Jari Evans who played with the New Orleans Saints and was as steady as it gets. He's the one I'm waffling on because when I remember watching him, I remember thinking, dominant dude. But I don't know for an interior player that I just am ready to stamp him and say, yes, he's going. He, yes, no, no doubt. I didn't watch him as closely throughout his entire career as I have others like Quentin Nelson. Like, when Quentin Nelson's up, I'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, you know seen enough of him, going to go in, that kind of thing. I'm waffling a little bit on whether he should be a first-year lock, but I definitely think Jari Evans gets in for the Saints.
1: Somewhere on my Facebook feed, there's a picture of me and Jari Evans at the Super Bowl, and he was doing a Verizon thing, and so was Mm -hmm. I, and we were there together, and he had his Super Bowl ring from his championship year in the 09 season. Mm -hmm. So it must have been the next year's Super Bowl or maybe two years later because he had the ring. And it's funny because I got a picture of us, Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking about this, like how long is he going to play? How good is he really? I know he's really good. Johnny, it's going to take a while. He's going to have to wait. He's going to have to wait to get in. I think there's a lot of respect there, but he's going to have to wait. I base my evaluation of offensive linemen purely on reputation, which is the most important thing. No, it's not. It's really not the most important But in something like this, I
0: think it is. But in
1: in something like this, it does come into play because it's the team you played for. It's championships won. Those things really matter. If the Texans had been able to win a Super Bowl with Andre Johnson, I don't think that we would be waiting this long. I think you're right. It's not like we've waited a long time because it's only year two now. But I think he would have gotten in in year one possibly if the Texans had a championship and he was a big part of that.
0: Okay, this next one is interesting to me because – when you talk about reputation, I feel like this next player around the league was about as respected as it gets. And if you ask people for a stretch of time, even though he played on a defense that had a ton of alphas, a ton, he was the alpha in that defense, and they all knew it. And that's Legion of Boom safety, Cam Chancellor. Don't start
1: with me and, and Cam Chancellor. <laughs> Because he is the guy who really got the play going that changed everybody's lives in 2013, the Seattle Seahawks game here. Everybody remembers Richard Sherman, just running down the sideline into the end zone, but it was Cam Chancellor with the pressure and the guy that should have either caused Schaub to call timeout or change the play because he was coming in untouched and Matt was going to have heat in the form of Cam Chancellor Mm -hmm. and he lollipoped the ball to Owen Daniels. And I know he didn't want to do it that way, but it just turned out to be that way because he's under tremendous pressure. Uh, But I don't know if Matt knew it and thought, I can get the ball to Owen anyway. Right. Or he came in faster than he thought because there's no way he was not coming in. He was unblocked. And Matt knew the play, so he knew he was going to come in unblocked. So now you made me relive that play, and I do want to vomit. But Cam Chancellor, to me, I think it's kind of like Jari Evans. I think he's going to have to wait a little bit. But I think he's got a
0: shot to get in. I think he, safety's tough. Safety is tough, especially a guy that did, you know, a lot of, like Paul Krause. It took Paul Krause forever, and he led the the NFL in interceptions. I think he had 81. It took him forever to get in. But when you have guys that can put up a number, they, hey, I had the interceptions. This guy was a you know, cover guy. I mean, his teammate, Earl Thomas, although Earl sort of melted down at the end of his career, Earl's the one that put up the interceptions. He had the quote-unquote numbers. Chancellor did it through intimidation and reputation. Mm-hmm. He was the fiercest hitter maybe in the NFL when hitting was starting to go kind of like out of phase. Like you didn't – it's funny because as I go through and I look at different college prospects and I see a guy that can hit, I'm like, that doesn't matter as much anymore. As much as I love to watch guys that have that in them, it just doesn't matter that much anymore. But where it mattered for Chancellor was the fact that he was such an intimidating force that against the run – receivers catching ball in space he was that guy and he drove everything for a defense that was thought to be one of the best in league history for a a stretch of time I think Chancellor eventually gets in eventually gets in but I think it's going to take him a few years for that reason because he was kind of a strong safety in a hey there's no longer a strong safety on the field kind of world Richard Sherman no right i don't think so i don't oh boy that's tough yeah, you have to give those guys credit brandon, brandon got a few, browner he's, we got a few years before we can answer that one but i think richard sherman i might put in there wow i would put in there i mean his his body of work is pretty darn good i mean he's got a number of pro bowls on there um he was you could argue the best corner in the league for what two three years i think i would put sherman in there yeah but I, I think so. Sherman's got... What, I just looked it up.
1: Three-time first-team All-Pro. That is pretty darn strong. Yeah. Five-time Pro Bowler.
0: It's going to take what Sherman... Led what, the league
1: in picks in 2013, where he had that pick sack.
0: Uh, yeah, you going to bring that up again. Oh, he's on the
1: All-Decades team. He's in. Yeah, he's All-Decade team. He's in.
0: He's in. Unless you're Leroy Butler. It took you forever to get in. Um, but I think Leroy... Leroy's a great comp, in some sense, to Cam Chancellor. It took Leroy forever to get in, because I don't think people were able to quantify how important Leroy Butler was to the Packers. I think Cam's going to end up being kind of the same way. There were so many alphas on that defense between Richard Sherman and and Bobby Wagner, K.J. Wright, Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill. Man, that defense was ridiculous. They were. That defense was incredible.
1: And... You could argue, man, they should have at least one more championship. Yeah,
0: That that group. Yeah.
1: They were so good. You have Russell Wilson, at quarterback. Everything they had to offer offensively, Nick's, defensively.
0: Nick's that gonna, was a squad. Nick's going to walk down in and hit you with that ring from 2014. I know. He's like, no, this one's mine. Okay, now we get into the, um, the flashy part of this list because we get to the Let's quarterbacks go. and running backs. Running backs first or a quarterback? All right, so these are eligible in first 2023. First year eligible in 2023. This okay. is what Dre will be up against. These are the first year eligible players for the Hall of Fame. We've already mentioned Darrell Rivas, Dwight Freeney, James Harrison, Joe Thomas, Jari Evans, Cam Chancellor. Here are your two running backs. I'm not going to tell you how I feel about them, but I'm, I'm very set in how I look at these two. Running back, mm-hmm. Matt Forte. No. Running back, Chris 2K Johnson. No, they're not Hall of Famer. I have the same. I have the same thought. I I like both of them. They were very, very good in their careers. But I'm with you on that. I think they both go into the Hall of Very Good. I mean Johnson's 2000 season. I mean it was it was tremendous. Outside of that, especially after that, he there wasn't there wasn't much there. Now he came back. I think he came back with the Cardinals in 2015. But he was never the same after that. So he had three pretty good years. But then after that, it was just, it was so, so. Forte was very consistent. But I don't know that you ever looked at Forte and thought, I'm looking at the best back in the league. It'd be interesting to get Lovey Smith's thoughts Ooh, on Forte.
1: That's a good one. Uh, you're right, though, to bring it up that way. I always think with Hall of Famers, are you one of the top three at your position in yes. the NFL over a period of time? Right. I don't think you could say that about Forte. When we're talking about the best backs to play, and Forte was a little bit late O's in most mm-hmm. of the teens. Best backs to play in the teens. When does his name come up in the conversation? Right. He's out of the top five.
0: You who got you to draft him? Who Colts
1: GM? Oh, Chris Ballard. Mm-hmm. He was with the Bears at the time. Yep. He said draft Matt Forte. Matt Forte. It Gosh, was interesting because Forte like was
0: Forte was really kinda, I don't want to say he was off the radar screen, mm-hmm. but then it was either his pro day or combine. He ran like a four four five, and it was like oh maybe we need to think about this. Let's look at this Matt Forte character. And if you remember, Forte came after they had drafted said Benson, and said Benson just didn't work out and they drafted Benson What fourth overall and Benson had a few good years but then they ended up going to Forte and that guy was tremendous I don't think he's a Hall of Famer I'm with you Forte and Johnson I'm going to give you some names of people who have more yards than Matt Forte
1: in their career Corey Dillon Mm. Sean McCoy Warwick Dunn Ricky Williams Ooh, how about that wow Marshawn Tiki Barber do you think Marshawn's a Hall of Famer See, that's a reputation thing. That's beast mode, the brand. Yeah. And he's awesome, and that helps. Right. And you're going to have to say, with these backs, you know, I'm reading yardage totals here. I'm Mm -hmm. not really giving you the numbers, but these guys are all in the top 30. Yeah. And Forte's at 33rd all time in rushing. You know, you got to be up there. You have to have a body of work, some longevity, and you have to have, like you say, maybe some highlight reel stuff Mm
0: -hmm. and the reputation. It all kind of goes together. I think Forte definitely, definitely had the consistency factor going for him, but period of dominance. I don't know. Maybe Lovey's listening right now. And he's I want to say Steve hey. Slayton
1: had more yards his rookie year.
0: Maybe, or they Maybe were so. they
1: were rookies in the same year in 08. I remember yeah. that it was
0: Slayton and Forte. And Forte was good though. I'll okay. give him that. Forte was good. And Johnson, of course, when you covered him, he wasn't a great receiver. Well, no, he was a really good receiver. But when you left him uncovered. Uh, see now you're getting me mad. Yep. All right, here's your quarterback, and I know my answer is on this guy, Carson Palmer. No, first year eligible for the Hall no, of Fame. No, no, I don't even. No, I don't even know if you created an, an auxiliary Hall of the Very Good. No. I don't even know if I would put him in there. No,
1: he was good. He might have been very good at times with Arizona. It was nice to see them. Yeah, see him make that late run in his career later. In 15, make yeah. it to an NFC Championship game. Great. And we all remember the playoff game with the Bengals. My gosh, they finally get in. There he is yeah. getting hurt. On a touchdown throw. Mm. on the you know. And it just cost them and him so dearly. Ends up with the Raiders, right? And then the Cardinals. He's
0: not a Hall of Famer. No. There is
1: no way. There's a long list of guys who need to go in before Carson
0: Palmer. But he was a good quarterback. I don't think – I mean, I don't even know if I'd put him in a Hall of very good – at least with these guys – Revis, I think, is going... Revis will go in. Freeny will go in. Harris will go in, I believe. Thomas in. Evans eventually. Chancellor eventually. Those guys will go in. I don't think Forte and Johnson get in. Maybe once they get to the seniors committee. I don't think Palmer would even get to the Hall Very Good. And um, he was... You're right. He was good. But did you ever feel like... You were facing one of the top – at any time he was playing, did you ever feel like you were facing one of the top five quarterbacks in the league a- at any point? No, but he was dangerous. He could be very
1: – you know, you could do a lot could worse be. than a healthy Carson Palmer on your team, and I think that's – it just didn't work out with the Raiders. But that's what was attractive. You know, he's the number one overall pick, and he's one of those guys like Mahomes who sat the first year and played Man. behind a veteran. Remember the veteran?
0: John it was Kittner. a to kidnap. John Kitna yeah. in Cincinnati he played I behind. I don't him. want to. I don't want to poo-poo Palmer because I, I. You're right. He was Poo-Poo a good quarterback, Palmer. but I don't think he's. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Boy, he Played a lot of
1: years, man. He did. He played oh, for a four long time. 46,000 yards,
0: but that's. I got to see where that stands in today's world. Forty what? Forty-six thousand? That's like eight Mahomes years. <laughs> it is. I mean, guys are throwing for five. I mean, Rodgers probably threw for fifteen thousand the last. Well, no, he probably threw for ten grand plus the last two years. He's fifteenth on the all-time list.
1: I'll tell you what: five years,
0: he'll be twenty-fifth.
1: That's that's why people are look at Flacco is nineteenth. By the way,
0: Flacco. Flacco falls in the same category. And he's and he's as not going
1: to rack up enough yards to get by him. But Flacco, so he'll fall out of the top twenty. But let me tell you something: as far as active guys that are threatening the top twenty, Russell Wilson has thirty-seven thousand yards, so he'll hit the top twenty this year. Andy Dalton, good luck. Fitzy's done. Uh, Kirk Cousins has 8,000 yards. You know, he could easily hit that top 20.
0: All right, you got one game to win. One mm-hmm. game mm-hmm. to win. Mm-hmm. You taking Fitzy or Carson Palmer? I know it sounds like a dumb question, but if you really think about it, it's one game. It's one game, Ugh. 60 minutes to pull anything out of your backside at all. I'm a hopeless romantic, Palmer? so I'm taking Fitzy. I'm taking Fitzy, too. I would trust Fitzy in that situation too. He's, he's half crazy as it is. Yeah. But he's going to do something in that game where you go, huh, yeah. wow. We yeah. don't win that game without him. I'm going Fitzy.
1: Palmer was kind of a statue. Right. You know, not that he wasn't a, you know, a good athlete, but right. there's, a, there's a big difference here. Boy, one game, boy, i take I... Fitzy. One season, of course, I'm taking Palmer. But... So let's see who's in the Hall of Fame ahead of Carson Palmer. Tarkenton, Warren yes. Moon. Yes. Well, Stafford's still playing. Oh, how many
0: yards is Stafford thrown for?
1: 49,000. Like, he's six yards away from 50, from 50. Wow. Elway, Aaron Rodgers, Eli Manning. Is Eli Manning a first ballot Hall of Famer? Boy, that's a big one. <laughs> that's a, that's uh, a three hour Matt, show. Johnny, Matt Ryan will hit 60,000 yards possibly on opening day this year at NRG Stadium. Wow. That's wow, incredible. that sneaks up on you. Yeah. I did not. He is 265 makes sense, away from 60,000, and that would be in the top seven. Marino is seventh. And then Rivers, Roethlisberger, I'm going up here. Favre, Manning, Breeze, Brady.
0: Wow. wow. So Matt Ryan, Ryan. Matt, it's, he, he's lasted
1: hope, so long. And they had some offense, man. People forget. No, they did. They, they, they had did. some
0: guys. They did. They definitely did. And we got some guys here and some guys that are going to sack Matt Ryan. Obo Okoronkwo is one of them. And maybe the other is Blake Cashman when he blitzes. They are both up next on Texans All Access. Next on Texans All Access. Next on Texans All Access. Next on Texans Welcome back to Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris, still coming to grips with the loss of the great Olivia Newton-John. Passed away today at 73. My gosh. My first crush. I mean, how many of my demographic, and I'm 50. How many of my demographic was Olivia Newton-John not the first crush? Okay. Farrah Fawcett, too, because she had a poster and was on Charlie's Angels. But if you saw Grease, it was Olivia Newton-John. It was Olivia Newton-John. Now, I don't think our next two guests would have crushes on Olivia Newton-John because they're in their 20s, and they may not know who Olivia Newton-John is. If they've seen Grease, it's probably been a remake. But that's okay because they play football, and they play it very well, and they're great dudes. And – one is from A Leaf. That's right, a Houston homeboy. That's Obo Okoronkwo, who's a really good training camp. But we wanted to get to know him a little further, so Drew Doherty had a chance to catch up with Obo Okoronkwo,
2: AKA O B Z. Obo Okoronkwo joins me now, and this is fun because it's homegrown. Talent, talking to me. You are from leaf. You're from Houston. Let's start there. How sweet is it to be back in the place you grew up?
3: Uh, man, it's a real feeling. You know, just being able to be here, see all the people I grew up with. It's been real. It's been real cool. What's the first place you went back to? that you had to get back to when you moved back home? I went to my high school. I went to A-Leaf Taylor, you know, checked out my old stomping grounds. It was cool. What was the reception like? They were definitely happy to see me, (laughs) for sure, definitely happy to see me. Who were some of your coaches
2: that you loved the most, that you loved seeing when you got back?
3: A lot of them are gone, but Coach Brian Randall, he was uh, my defensive coordinator and head coach when I left, and then John Lanza, the defensive line coach. But they both uh, went to other high schools. You went to high school there, then you go to Oklahoma for college,
2: been in the league, you're an adult now, and you come back to the place you grew up. How different do you see the city
3: versus back when you were leaving high school? Well, I didn't have a license back in high school, so I wasn't (laughs) driving everywhere. I didn't know how big the city was, you know? Um, It's so big, and then at the same time, it's so small because everybody knows each other. But it's been really cool just to be back. Being an adult in the city is a little different than being a teenager in the city, you know? Just being able to go to different restaurants, just seeing how how many, uh, how the infrastructure has changed so much, it's it's been cool. What's been your favorite spot that that you've found since you got back? Favorite spot? I don't want to give any shout-outs, but, but, Just society is so good. I eat there like three times a week. Oh, and Joey's. I go to Joey's Uptown too. Those are two of my spots that I, I, I frequent at.
2: Good to know. All right, so you like those two spots. You like being back. Let's say, for the rest of your life, when you walk into a room and they're going to play an entrance song for you, what song do you want them to play?
3: Ooh, that's a, that's a question. Return of the Mack.
2: <laughs> <laughs> really? I love that. Old school, huh? Yeah, for sure. That's a good one. Did you ever mess around with Marlon Mack and, and sing that with him?
3: I could. He's a cool guy, so I, I, I'm sure he's hip to that.
2: That's a song that kind of just, it stands the test of time, yeah, right? Yeah,
3: for it? sure. Just a timeless song. What's the last meal that you cooked? The last meal I cooked, air fryer salmon. I used some lemon pepper. I put a lemon on there. Well, I don't know if that did anything for the taste, but it looked cool. <laughs> What's your go-to dish that you cook? go-to dish I would say uh, I make a I make a nice uh, cilantro lime rice with a uh, with some garlic shrimp you know I add some asparagus some potatoes that's that's my go-to look out Papados. man that sounds good hello <laughs> okay what's the last gift you gave somebody my last gift that I gave somebody mm, I'm, a, I'm a big gift giver so could I actually have one My friend, one of my best friends' birthdays today. It's in my locker right now. I was gonna drop it off to him after I buy him a lens for his camera.
2: Okay, I'll we'll hold off on saying who it is, and we'll wait to to publish this until it it goes out. But a
3: lens for a camera, that's that's no small gift. That's really nice. I mean, he he's a he's a really uh, talented photographer, so you know, I always want to give him more tools for his tool belt.
2: That's awesome, man. Now you're we got to get into photography with you because you're a hell of a photographer. I that's how I met you. I was in Las Vegas at the draft. Backstage, you were doing, we were waiting on the two picks who wound up not being you know, in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. You were backstage shooting some stuff for the NFL and it was awesome. I mean, how much fun did you have just doing that at Vegas?
3: Oh, that was so fun. You know, uh, being able to shoot those guys and talk to them about just the process and just the experience of being at the draft. It was really cool. Do
2: you ever find yourself after practice, before practice, when you're walking out and you see all these big lenses, like, I wonder what that is, or I know what that is. I mean, do you ever, you ever thinking photography when you're,
3: when you're not actually on the practice field doing stuff? Oh, it's funny, sometimes I walk out here and I'll be like, oh, that's a, a Sony A7R 3 I have that too. <laughs> or I'll be like, oh, that's a nice lens. I wonder what glass that has, you know? Then I'll have to snap back like, "Trying to go to work.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's distracting, I can I imagine. You just want a ring with the Rams. You want to ring, win rings here with the Texans, but we got to talk plan a little to. bit, plan two is what you say, I like that. What was the ring ceremony like? How sweet was that for you, being a part of all that?
3: Man, the ring ceremony was just so, it was so amazing, man. Uh, Just being able to just celebrate with like your coaches like the guys you go out with you know that's opportunity a lot of guys won't get to have you know just to be able to see their coach the fun side of their coaches you know but when you went that brings out the fun side of everybody so it was really cool just to be able to celebrate with my old coaches my old teammates that that one last time that we'll all be together you know
2: yeah that's really cool and if there's a spectrum of a guy getting the ring, putting it in his closet and never wearing it again to a guy who wears it all the time. Where are you going to fall on that spectrum as far as how much you're going to wear this ring?
3: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it out. It's going to be like it's going to be like my Sunday's best. I'm going to bring it out when, when it's time to bring it out, you know?
2: Nothing wrong with that. You got to bring it out when you got to, right? Yes, sir. All right, Oboe, we could go on and on and on. I really do appreciate the time. We can't wait to see you guys bring some rings here to Houston. Welcome back to H-Town, man. We're happy for you.
3: Man, I'm happy to be here. Thank you, man. A-Leaf
0: in the house. Love it also love a man from the U. Now, if you live in Minnesota, the U is not Miami. The U is Minnesota. And Blake Cashman went to the University of Minnesota, had a legendary career there with the Gophers, been banged up with the Jets, but he is healthy, and he is doing some good
2: work. And he did a little Drew's Dozen with Drew Doherty. We've got linebacker Blake Cashman here for a Drew's Dozen. Blake, you're from Minnesota. So hockey in Minnesota versus football in Texas – Which is bigger? I'd probably say football in
4: Texas is bigger just because I think of Texas as its own country within a country in a way. But whenever I compare or talk about hockey in Minnesota for people to understand it, that's how I compare it. I say hockey in Minnesota is equivalent to football in Texas. Like that's how big of a deal it is to people up there in the north. Obviously, you're a football guy, but you love hockey? I do love hockey. I I played hockey growing up until middle school, and then it came down to making a decision between that and basketball, and I chose the basketball route.
2: You made the right choice, because now you're in the NFL. You're <laughs> doing either. Okay, so as a proud Minnesotan, I take it you're a proud Minnesotan.
4: Yes, yes.
2: How true is the statement, Iowa stands for idiots out wandering around? Oh, we don't like Iowa, especially
4: if, especially if you went to the University of Minnesota. We, I mean, them and Wisconsin, we have a lot of lot of hatred for that state but yeah we like to think though the the Midwest is a one big family kind of contradicts each other but you know when it comes to sports we we're at war it's ultimately a loving
2: hatred right yes yeah uh, yeah there's respect but it's we're at war that's the best way i can put it i uh used to work with a guy from minnesota who who sprung that on me one time and like the rest of the day we were all everyone in the office was just laughing about idiots out wandering yeah, around.
4: yeah i've heard that one and, well, and so i obviously seen am a go from the university of minnesota and we have a chant that goes who
2: hates iowa we hate iowa and we the <laughs> whole stadium will be chanting that throughout the game i like that's pretty good all right let's rank the folks with cash or dollars in their name got you, mm-hmm. you got yankees general manager mm-hmm. brian cashman mm-hmm. you get the man in black johnny cash you got ty dolla sign and you got the cash money millionaires where are uh, you in the order
4: you know you, you always got to root for yourself better yourself. So i got to put myself at number one probably put brian cashman right correct for the yankees you know that, that's that's the richest team in baseball right um, so I'll probably put him at, at two. Then we got Johnny Cash. Yeah, Cash Money Millionaires. I'm gonna put, put Johnny Dolla cash, Dolla cash. Okay, a legendary guy. And then I'm gonna put the Cash Money Millionaires at four, or five, uh, Ty dollar sign. There
2: we go. That's a good ranking. I'll take that. Okay. What's the last gift you
4: gave someone? Last gift I. I bought my girlfriend a plane ticket to come
2: see me. That was the last gift I bought. That's a darn good, that's a good one. Where was she, like, where was she coming from?
4: Uh, she, uh, well, she hasn't come yet, but she's coming for the first game, so it's, uh,
2: she, she's co- she'll be coming from Minneapolis. Okay, that's, a good, that's yeah. a good trip. That's a good gift, man. You get to see her. Complete this sentence. I didn't realize H-Town... Dot, dot, dot,
4: was so humid. I knew it was hot. I did not expect it to be super humid. It's making you a different person physically, isn't it? It is. It is. And mentally, yes. It, especially when you're you're training, working hard outside, you're grinding. But when before I got to Houston, I knew I knew it was hot, and I knew it had a lot of good food. But other than that, I I I, I, I didn't know much about it being a big city. But the humidity, that's different. It's it's like nowhere I've ever been.
2: It's indescribable, almost, if you've never been here. Block A with three Y's. That's your IG handle. How come? So there's a little skit.
4: It's called Key and Peel. video posted on YouTube a long time ago. So I was a sophomore in high school, actually. And one of the seniors on the basketball team kept calling me Block A. I never understood what he was referring to. And I'm I'm like, why do you call me Block A? He he said, just go look up uh, the video Key and Peel, substitute teacher. So I did that, and it uh, it stuck. And so everyone started calling me Block A, so I decided to make it my
2: social media handle. So now i got to look this up.
4: Yes, key and 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 I'm gonna peel. enjoy this. Yeah. Key and peel, okay. substitute teacher. You'll, You'll like get this. a good laugh. You'll get a good laugh.
2: All right, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Okay, what's your go-to
4: dish that you cook? Ooh, I don't like to think of myself as a somebody that cooks. I'm more like crafty, like putting together snacks. I would okay. say, but what's a good? What um, are some good crafty I, honestly, snacks? Honestly, I would. I would. would Thing I I usually, if I'm cooking up by myself, it'd be like. Just uh, like a pasta or a, a stir-fry is usually what I'll, I'll do. It's it's easy for me. It's pretty quick. You got to walk? Huh? You got to walk for that stir-fry? W-O-K? Uh, you, oh, well, just what comes, you know, kind of pre-made.
2: <laughs>
4: oh, so like the frozen stir-fry in no, a bag. No, no, I've like in, when it comes to like you know the sauces and seasoning and all that but like I, i've i've actually you know chopped up the meat and the the, the vegetables oh, you're that not screwing around so, that's yeah. serious stuff. so i've done that I, I i've done a little bit of work put, you know for it but
2: all right. texans traded for you special teams coordinator frank ross really took it how does that feel to be traded for like you somebody wanted you
4: feels good but in this line of business i can never get too comfortable. You know, I have a great understanding that the linebacker room here in Houston is very competitive. A lot of talented players in that room, guys with a lot of experience, have put out a lot of good film. So, you know, it's good to be wanted, and I, I so, you know, appreciate that Houston came and got me because I've enjoyed every second of being here. I think this, this staff, you know, from top down, coaches, uh, front office coaches, strength coaches, trainers, you know, they've all done this such a good job with me and getting me prepared and honestly making me a better and smarter player but it's been it's been fun to work with frank talks highly of me and uh hopefully you know i can you know continue to play well throughout training camp and show everyone here
2: that i belong so it's kind of one of those things where it's nice but you sort of have to set it aside and plow forward and make sure they look good for doing that right yes and you know linebackers
4: coach miles smith he's he says all the time to us never get too high never get too low and i feel like in the nfl you always got to take everything you know as a grain of salt because you'd like people can say good things about you and then one horrendous game and they're looking at you a completely different way and vice versa you know you you may not think things are going your way but if you're doing the right stuff and An opportunity rising, and you show out that one game, it can totally change your career. So you just got to, you know, I feel like remain grounded uh, and humble and
2: just take care of your business and the rest will settle itself out. Blake Cashman, it's been great talking with you. I loved hearing the chants from Minnesota. I liked hearing about hockey versus basketball. This has been a fun interview. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate those two stopping
0: by. we get back, we'll go around the NFL to finish up right here on a Monday edition of Texans All Access. Access. Us, we got one final segment this Monday edition of Texas All Access. Great to be with you. I'm John Harris, football analyst and sideline reporter, and I consume a lot of hot dogs. Now, during a game at Energy Stadium, and even on the road, I don't get a chance to eat until after the game we travel on the plane. Uh, when we're at home, it doesn't happen until I get home. But I'll tell you this. If you get to the games this year at Energy Stadium, you're going to have an opportunity to reel in a hot dog. For almost $2 less than last year. Yes, the Texans unveiled. Fan first deals today for all of you. They went back and they looked and did analytics on the four things that people buy the most at Energy Stadium: hot dog, 20-ounce Coke, chicken tender's basket, and a 16-ounce bottled domestic beer. All of them decreasing this year. The hot dog is going from 549 to 375. The Coke from $4.79 down $1.04 to $3.75. Chicken Tenders Basket from $10.09 to $7.75. Cue me up for some Chicken Tenders on game day. And then uh, Bottled Domestic Beer is going from $8.69 down to $7.95. As part of the first fan deals, the Texans will continue to offer $2.12-ounce waters, $5.12-ounce domestic draft beer, and 2 dollar 50 12-ounce domestic beer outside NRG stadium I love it so that's a total just if you're doing the math and you add it all up that's a little over 20% in total for those four items the four items that you the fans have consumed most of all so that's pretty cool Greg Grissom our Texas president said and I quote we're excited to unveil an innovative approach to concession pricing this season in a world of increasing costs we chose to decrease the price of select items on game day Based on conversations with our fans and insight from analytics team, we identified the four most ordered items and adjusted their pricing. How about that? Going to the game, saving a buck, watching the Texans win. That's awesome. I absolutely love the approach that that we've taken. And it's taken a little while to get there, but we got there. And, I mean, I would – listen, in in my position, people ask me all kinds of things. Is the roof going to be open? I don't get it as much as some people because people know, for the most part, like I'm X's and O's, I'm football, football, football. But I'll hear those things. You know, pr- your concession stand prices. You saw some teams around the league do some different things. And so we're adapting as well. And hopefully that will be received uh, about as well as the red helmet. Now, I don't know if anything is going to top the battle red helmet. I've never seen almost 100% thumbs up. I've never seen it. I don't think for anything the Texans have done other than Andre Johnson going into the Ring of Honor. That's pretty much about it. Hopefully this one will be there as well. You get to save some money. Give me that chicken tender basket. Somebody brings that to me on the sideline. Uh, I got you covered. All right, that's going to do it for the show. Appreciate Mark being by, Drew, Oboe, Blake Cashman, and all of you guys for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Remember, Lovey Smith, 8 o'clock with Mark and I at Texas Training Camp Live. Be there. Appreciate you guys. And as always, go Texans.